0: Hello and welcome to today's episode of The Quad Shot, where we help you down and digest the day's most pertinent cancer news. It's June 26th, 2023. Welcome to the quadcast. Let's dive in to today's most relevant cancer news. First up, Occam's Razor. You may recall from the recent PROSPECT trial the exceedingly low rate of local recurrence, which was less than 2% in both arms. Folks from the Mercury and Occam camps might argue that such a low risk of recurrence questions the need for any neoadjuvant therapy in lower-risk patients. They argue that the use of traditional T and N staging to guide treatment of rectal cancer leads to over and under treatment of many patients. Occam was a prospective study that sought to use preoperative MRI to identify a couple of things. Number one, patients with a high chance of cure with TME surgery alone. And number two, patients at high risk of recurrence after a TME surgery who benefit from the chemo radiation. There was no comparator arm, and the study wasn't meant to compare the two arms as they obviously have much different recurrence risks. It included nearly 900 patients with clinical stage T2 to T4 and clinical any rectal cancer within 16 centimeters of the anal verge. Risk stratification was performed using preoperative MRI, and there were three categories of patients considered high risk, those that had clinical T4 tumors, those with T3 tumors located in the lower third of the rectum, and those with middle or lower third tumors who had a primary tumor, suspicious lymph nodes, or mesorectal tumor deposits one millimeter or less from the mesorectal fascia. High-risk patients, which comprise 40% of the group, received neoadjuvant chemoradiation, and low-risk patients went straight to surgery. In the low-risk group, 36% received adjuvant therapy, mostly chemo, whereas 77% received adjuvant chemo in the high-risk group. The past CR rate in the high-risk group was 12%. At 5 years, the overall local recurrence rate was 4.4%, 2.9% in the low-risk group, and 5.7% in the high-risk group. The rate of distant metastasis was nearly twice as high in the high-risk group, 31 versus 16 percent. In other words, MRI can effectively categorize patients with rectal cancer who are at low or high risk of local recurrence. Such an approach may help us better identify patients who truly benefit from neoadjuvant therapy. The bottom line is OCCAM underlines the importance of using MRI to stage and risk stratify patients with rectal cancer. Carefully selected patients with a clear circumferential margin may do well with primary surgery. Those with high-risk features on MRI or low-lying tumors benefit from neoadjuvant chemoradiation and may derive further benefit from TNT. Thanks to Rupert. JCO, 2023. Up second, high focus. What are the differences in acute and late toxicity between moderate hypofractionation and standard hypofractionation specifically for high-risk prostate cancer? Trials comparing moderate hypofractionation and conventional fractionation for prostate cancer included mostly low- and intermediate-risk patients, and they usually treated the prostate alone. The randomized Phase three Prostate Cancer Study five trial focused exclusively on high-risk disease. 329 patients with high-risk prostate cancer were randomized to standard fractionation or moderate hypofractionation everyone received neoadjuvant, concurrent, and long-term adjuvant ADT. In the standard fractionation arm, patients received 46 gray in 23 fractions to the prostate and pelvic nodes, with a sequential boost to a total of 76 gray and 38 fractions. In the hypofractionation arm, patients received 68 gray to the prostate and 45 gray to the pelvic lymph nodes simultaneously all in 25 fractions. This study reports the toxicity outcomes from the Prostate Cancer Study 5 trial. The rate of acute grade 2 plus GI toxicity was higher in the hypofractionation arm, 25 versus 15%. However, the rate of acute grade 2 plus GU toxicity was similar, 37 versus 32%. There were very few grade 3 events in either arm. Differences in toxicity between arms dissipated over time, and at 24 months, there was no difference in the rates of grade 2 plus GI or GU toxicity. The bottom line is, toxicity outcomes from the Prostate Cancer Study 5 trial show a slightly higher rate of acute toxicity with hypofractionation that fades shortly after treatment, and no differences in late toxicity when compared to standard fractionation. Thanks to Niazi, Red Journal, 2023. Up next, full-length feature. Does the length of the vagina treated with adjuvant HDR brachytherapy affect toxicity and recurrence outcomes for patients with high-risk endometrial cancer? Practices varied in this population, and the ABS guidelines recommend considering full-length treatment for high-risk features. This retrospective study evaluated 240 patients with high-risk endometrial cancer who were treated with vaginal cylinder brachytherapy to a dose of 21 gray in three fractions. Half, at 50%, received treatment to the full length of the vagina, cuff to introitus, and the other half received treatment to the upper third of the vagina. The rate of vaginal recurrence was low and similar with partial versus full length treatment, 0.9 versus 1.4%, and no patients had a distal vaginal recurrence. Toxicity was much higher with full length treatment as all of those patients had grade three vaginal mucositis compared to none of the patients in the partial treatment group. 23% of the full-length group had grade 3 stenosis compared to none of the partial group. Thanks to Wernicke, Practical Radiation Oncology, 2023. Up next, meta-prevalence. This meta-analysis reports women diagnosed with meningioma have 10 times the odds of a metachronous diagnosis of breast cancer, supporting the decades-long theory that these decidedly distinct diseases have interestingly similar roles played by hormone receptors in their genesis and progression. Thanks to Dejan F. JAMA Network Open. 2023. Finally, going nowhere. The incidence of melanoma in situ is rapidly rising, so it's a good thing this SEER analysis reports a melanoma-specific survival approaching 99% at 15 years, with only 4% experiencing a subsequent diagnosis of an invasive melanoma. Thanks to Patel, JAMA Dermatology, 2023. This concludes today's episode of The Quad Shot. If you like what you've heard, please consider giving us a five-star rating and subscribing to our podcast. Also, check out our website at www.quadshotnews.com and subscribe to our newsletter. We'll catch you next time.